1: Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippi, and welcome back to That Trippi Show. This week, I'm going to back up what I said last week with why Democrats should be optimistic this year. Plus, we get into the latest on President Biden's voting rights push, his Georgia trip, and a lot more. Hey, Alex, man, what do you
2: got going? You are backing up something from a previous week? Well, it's hard. It's difficult sometimes. But, yeah,
1: uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All
2: right. All right. Let's get right into it. So we got to start in Georgia. I think you know we, you talked about it before actually how Georgia is probably going to be the center of the political world this year. Biden's trip to Georgia obviously, you know, brought it front and center. Uh part of his renewed push on voting rights. He was really direct in his speech. He basically called out the Senate. He no, he called out the Senate and, and quote, "The question is, where will the institution of the United States Senate stand?" Every senator, Democrat, Republican and independent, will have to declare where they stand, not just for the moment, but for the ages. And then he went on to basically say, are you going to stand against voter suppression? Uh, Joe, what'd you make of his visit?
1: Uh, No, look, I thought the the speech uh, itself was 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 obviously very strong, uh, very straightforward and took on exactly what needed to take on the intransigence of the Senate. um, and, and. uh, frankly, uh, not just the Republicans, but two senators mentioned in cinema and, and in terms of trying to to move them. I, I think there was a big it, it just sort of pisses me off about how people do not get um, what he's trying to do here. Um, this isn't like, oh, he's using us for props or any of that stuff. Um, this is look. There's only one. And it's something I've been talking about, the pro-democracy coalition building from the bottom up, people standing up and demanding. uh, It's not just Joe Biden. He's got to rally the country to put pressure on these people. And that means all of us standing (laughs) together and rallying from the bottom up uh, to put pressure on these people. He himself, I mean, look, he knows how the Senate works. He knows what he as president can do to move a senator's vote or two. Uh, But he also knows that there's not going to be a single Republican who votes for this. And he's got uh, and and even he uh, has not been able to move um, the two Democratic senators that you would need in terms of the filibuster or something else. That's why you go out in front of the country, use the bully pulpit and you make the statement, put the chips on the table and make the bet and force the vote. And then it's up to the rest of us to rally or to not bitch about it or, you know, attack. Oh, he didn't say this. Uh, why is he doing it? There, It's just, it's just so short-sighted for what we need to do. Everybody's got to understand the stakes are much more important in terms of a pro-democracy coalition coming together. We've, we've, we've lacked a lot of leadership to build one. And I think this was the president again in the last few weeks stepping up to 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 help but we all have to help him
2: well you know the reaction on twitter this time and kind of in the media was not just dems in disarray for the first time i can really ever remember seeing it you started seeing some in the media and and just some people saying guys we can't do this right now like it is so self-destructive it it's not going to help. Like there was the Dems and disarray story, but yeah, yeah, exactly. it's death
1: wish time. It's it's no no, it's death wish time. It's it's just uh, uh, not now. Look, we we we've had these fights, and I keep saying this. You know, I I was with Kennedy against Carter. We've had liberal versus conservative, progressive versus moderate uh, wings of parties, uh, uh, fights within caucuses all the time. You know, it happens uh, in the Democratic Party quite a bit. This just isn't the time and not on this. Uh, If we're not unified on this, uh, if we're calling out Joe Biden for not doing enough when he's doing everything that he can, and frankly, he doesn't have the votes. So when he goes out and starts calling on on the Senate to, to vote, that's the signal, folks. Get in the vote, paddle with everything you've got, get an oar in the water, and start making a lot of noise Uh, and putting pressure on on not just um, the two the two Democrats, but the Republicans, maybe we can break one loose. And 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 he does know what he can do and what he needs to do to try to break one or two loose as well. But it's not going to happen with him there saying this. And then everybody else, you know, folding their own. It's not good enough. It's too late. I mean, it's just just death wish time. And it's
2: just stupid. So we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, and today, uh, Nick, Speaker Pelosi says the House is going to pass the Freedom to Vote Act. Uh, Schumer says he's going to bring it to the Senate floor as soon as he can. You mentioned chips in, cards on the table right now. Do you think this means that this is actually going to happen right now? Or do you think this is basically going to be the highest profile failure of this bill yet?
1: Well, it's likely uh, could be a failure, but that in itself at least puts um, some of these people on the ballot in trouble potentially in 2022. I mean, in other words, okay, look, if you can't get uh, get them to do this, uh, if you can't get them to do the right thing uh, to save our democracy and to protect the vote, if you can't get them to do that, then let's at least get everybody on the record and let the chips, let those chips fall. On election day, when the pro democracy coalition builds stronger and stronger in resistance to this, and pushes back and wins, hopefully in November twenty two, which is something I think we can do, but um, but certainly just sort of like you know never holding the vote, uh, I I think that would demoralize a lot of uh, Democrats and Independents and people who are pro democracy out there, and that that is when I think uh, it would be good to stand up and say they didn't do enough. It was too late, whatever, but not now. That's let's fight this battle and see if we can help move the votes that need to be moved. That's what we should be doing right now.
2: All right. So you mentioned this earlier on the pod show, and let's get back to last week. You made a pretty big prediction. You said the Democrats are going to hold the House, even looking at the latest redistricting results. And we got emails about it. And most of them were basically we really want to believe you, but why should we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, I mean, a couple of things. One, I've been doing this for quite a while. Uh, that doesn't mean that uh, I can't be wrong. I have been wrong. Uh, but I think there are a whole host of three or four things that I look at um, that tell me that we have an excellent shot at not not only holding the house, but but I think building a, a seat or two in the Senate as well. Um, I know that is heresy right now to against conventional wisdom to be saying anything like that. But he, he, look, here are the, the, the 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 five things that that, that I kind of see right now. One, uh, and again, it mostly comes from the experience of doing this over. 40 years, which is like dating myself big time, uh, including going back to the Carter Kennedy fight in 1979 and 80. Um, the first is, look, we started this year and I was one of the people saying, oh my gosh, the Republican party has such a huge uh, advantage in gerrymandering that they could start the cycle 10, 12, even maybe 14 seats up on us just from redrawing the lines. Now, uh, every district has concluded in most states And it appears that the entire process is likely gonna be a wash. I mean, David Wasserman of the Cook Political Report wrote last week that the surprising good news for Democrats on the current trajectory, there will be a few more Biden one districts after redistricting than there are now. So look, so on the gerrymandering front, the redistricting front, we're not 12, 14 seats down. We're at dead even, maybe even, have a few more Biden won seats. So that's that's big. I mean, that really is big uh, because that was a huge uphill climb. So given that Democrats might
2: even be up a couple seats and pending a couple of court cases, it might be more. What does that mean for the seats they're looking at? this year in terms of strategy if you're if you're looking at where the the d trip and and the dnc and all the different grassroots groups around the country should really be focusing should we be doubling down on a couple of these seats? should they go broad i don't you know one of the questions we got was we thought we could win texas in 2020 and look what happened after all the time and money they spent and it didn't come close so where where should they go joe
1: and look, I think it means that House Democrats, we should they should expand uh, their targeting and look at seats that are more of a stretch, but still winnable. In my view, you know, they're going to be now. But part of what's happened is the Republicans had such control of redistricting that they had already squeezed all they could out right. of their ability to draw the lines. And that's actually created as they, as they started stretching out that that means they've sort of narrowed some of these. Um, districts that they that are becoming sort of more moderate. In other words, again, as you see how we get a few more Biden one districts after redistricting than we are are now. So I would expand the the targeting uh, into places that are a little bit more uh, might be questionable on on the data front, but have become more moderate in terms of how they were redrawn, because I think we can I think there are going to be some surprises, which gets and the reason for that gets into my, you know, my second reason for for why we should be optimistic. Right. I mean, that
2: gets into candidate recruitment, which we've we've touched on before. But but that's got to be a good sign for Democrats. Right. Yeah. I mean, look,
1: the Republicans are going to nominate a crop of loons. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and you know, I mean, a crop of loons that we have not seen since 2010. Uh, Maybe more even, really. Yeah, no. Right. When the Tea Party, you know, lost the Senate uh, due to nominating uh, nominations like Angle in in, in Nevada and O'Donnell in The Witch, remember, in in Delaware. Um, This year, it's crazies everywhere. I mean, I mean, like, you know, Herschel Walker uh, in Georgia. You know, a gift uh, that gives Warnock a, a, a big uh, step up there. And you see this happening in Ohio, um, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, where, I mean, we look, you know, <laughs> Dr. Oz, yeah. Dr. Oz. I mean, you know, they're going to be, these are still going to be tough dogfight races that are well-funded, but they are nominating, um, people that are going to say a lot of loony things in the next year and during their campaigns. And the rest of the party's going to like what happened in 2010, um, is going to have to denounce them or embrace them. And they're going to have to denounce or embrace them on things that Trump does, et cetera, all that stuff. These are crazy loons. And it's even worse in a lot of these House districts where no one's really watching right now. I mean, a lot of this focus is on Dr. Oz and some of, some of those, but there are going to be some real Looney Tunes running for the House. Uh, and I think um, that we're going to, uh, you know, that the, 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 there are th- there are going to be pickups that no one thought possible. That's why I talked about expanding the map a little bit, because, you, you know, a, a, a district that looks a little bit out of reach. But you've got, you know, a, a you know, literally a, you, you know, somebody saying crazy stuff every day. Um, and there will be candidates out there who are doing that. Uh, or just so awful. I mean, in terms like Herschel Walker, not only isn't, you know, uh, isn't right, I think uh, he's also just like a horrible candidate. I mean, he just, you know, his past, everything. The baggage. Yeah. Yeah, the baggage. That's what I'm saying. So I think you've got a lot of that going on. And I think so. You got redistricting going in our favor a little bit and you've got the other party doing, you know, doing doing a lot of our work for us by nominating um, uh, folks out there who are really going to. The other thing I think that you're going to see is a lot of fights between sort of what we would have called the, the non trumpist uh moderate Republican. You know, some some people in the party who want to get rid of the Trumpies and the Trumpies want to get rid of the, the established, You're seeing this with a fight between uh, Trump and, and McConnell right now. Um, and trump and desantis going on we're going to see mm-hmm. all that that's all good for us well and we
2: haven't even mentioned the house right i mean the well i'm saying the house it's yeah. even
1: go, go ahead
2: <laughs> i was gonna say the same same could be said in the house i mean it, in a lot of cases it's even worse with some of these primaries
1: oh yeah no they're gonna have dogfight, crazy fights uh be, you know in, in the primaries and uh uh in the house and and in all likelihood, it'll be the Trump crazy that gets the nomination in a lot of these places. Um, And it's not just Trump crazy, right? It's the the Trump crazy who is crazier than all the other Trump crazies to get the nomination. This is gonna happen, folks, um, in a lot of places. It won't happen everywhere, but it'll happen in a lot of places. And that's where I think, that's why I really do feel with redistricting um, what the Republicans are doing, the fighting that's going on internally, and also who's winning those fights is in the Republican Party going to be a big help. Great. Yeah. And there's something else I want to say about that. It's not just there. The other thing that's going on is you look around. Um, Democrats have a an amazingly strong group of candidates, whether it's Tim Ryan in, in Ohio I and mean, people who actually can win those seats, particularly if so we're, I, I think two things are going on. We're having the crazy fight on the other side. And it, we, we'll talk about the, the Democrat uh, coming together later, but you know, as my fourth or so point. But the other thing is it it doesn't really matter because such a lot of the candidates that were, so you have two things, you have Democrats nominating, the people who are running on the Democratic side, even where there's gonna be a fight are strong candidates. Um, and they're and I think there's two things that are going on though. One, it's not just they're doing the loons, it's that where even where there are fights on the Democratic side, the quality of the candidates, their ability, their messaging, their strengths, yes, there are going to be fights there, but but they're much better candidates particularly when they've got to go up against uh what the Republicans are likely to put forward. And Joe, this doesn't even take into account that we
2: still have a pretty long way to go to Election Day, which I think gets you to your third point.
1: Well, yeah, look, there, right. There's a lot that can happen uh, both ways between now and November uh, of 2022. And, you know, these are externalities that, you know, provide opportunities, right? That that That, that change some of the numbers. So, you know, right now, I think we're at, the low point, and I've said this, I think we've been in the low point of Biden's numbers for quite a while now, you know, for the last couple of months. Um, and the only way, uh, the only direction they can go from here, given the, the tight band between approval and disapproval the country has because of the polarization, the only way or place they can go is up from here. Um, and, and, you know, some of that can be um, uh, COVID, uh, Omicron uh, wave passes now in the next, you know, four weeks or so, six weeks. And we really are do clear out of the, the, the woods on 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 COVID. Uh and again, inflation can be uh transitory and 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 starting to come and start to come down. All these things I think mean that that the prospects if you're looking at polling now and I saw some polling in Michigan a couple uh, yesterday um that look pretty good for for Democrats and and talked about uh, Trump's approval ratings uh, really dropping there. Um, If we're at this this low point now, I mean, if Democrats are ahead in some of these places now with where Biden's numbers are, and those numbers are likely to go up given some of the other things that are gonna be happening externally out there out of anybody's control, really. I mean, either COVID wanes or it doesn't. Um, uh, But I think it will. I think a lot of, and, and I do think, That uh, as things have gotten worse, you know, you still have like DeSantis and and Abbott and some of these Republicans continuing um, in the, you know, in this wave to sort of define what the party is about, you know, Uh, and on the on COVID fight. I do think in the end, uh, as COVID wanes, uh, Biden's numbers are going to go up and some of these Republicans are going to pay a price. I didn't even bring up this week's Q poll numbers that I think
2: him at 33. We all, we all know how to take those in context by now, if you've been listening to these. So it, it's not just time for these externalities you're talking about, Joe, it, it there's also time for Democrats to, to get their proverbial shit together still. Right.
1: Well, yeah. I mean that's what I was talking to a little bit about uh, when I was talking about the loons that they're, they're going to nominate. Um, there, there. One, and I want to get back to that a little bit on our side. Yes, there's Connor Lamb and Federman, uh, you know, and, and others in Pennsylvania. But any one of those candidates, um, regardless of who wins, is strong, um, raising the money they need to, and I think would put up a strong and and, and winning fight against Doctor Oz. So this is what I mean. I mean, we've got. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have some of these battles out there. Um, uh, you know, centrist versus uh, progressive Democrats, we always do. But I think again, if you go back to two thousand and eighteen uh, we in, in the end, the people who won those nominations were able to win the majority. They were able to to uh you know win win the House majority, win all the seats. a lot of the most of the seats that we won that put us in the majority were were um were seats, a lot of them were seats where there we had had tough, some tough primaries out there but the, um, uh, we were still able to defeat the, the, the Trump Republican, right? So I think that's one thing. The other thing is um, there's still time for um, the democratic uh, you know, sort of pro-democracy message for Democrats to coalesce and unite around that and rally others, Republicans and uh, former Republicans and independents to the cause of a pro-democracy message. I think that's got to be the drumbeat uh, between now and November. Uh, the contrast isn't uh, policy anymore. It's it's really not uh, uh, two parties, you know, be, between the Republicans versus Democrats. It is um, the 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 Democrats, because we're the only pro-democracy party left in America, unfortunately, I've been mean, of the two majors. Uh, it's to make this uh, a turnout effort on behalf of the only pro-democracy party um and i think if we can if we do that if we uh, all unite to do that and that's part of the reason we should have uh we hope for that to to start to coalesce around the president's speech but uh there's still plenty of time to do it um i think that's what a lot of people uh who are objecting or or are or, or, you know protesting him uh by not showing up etc uh just just miss the boat, but I don't think any of them, I think they'll all be there now as we start to move forward. I think there's plenty of time for that, that to happen. And again, I think there's enough fear of the Republicans taking, uh, authoritarian movement taking over that that'll be a, a, a unifying factor in itself to bring people together the closer November 2022 comes. So right now, I think Uh, The Democrats have time to coalesce. The Republicans are going to be fighting between the the Trumpies and uh, and and even among the Trumpies, who's the Trumpiest enough to get their nomination. That's those two. All these three, four points I'm making, I think, really set the table for the next point. Well,
2: and and this gets into your last point which is is just as important. We've talked a lot about historical headwinds for the Democrats. I think the incumbent party has gained seats three times in a president's first term. But one thing we haven't covered as much is is there really are a lot of shifting demographics that are helping the Democrats and and, and obviously Democrats have a very firm hold on the popular vote.
1: Yeah, well, look, the 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 fact is that the, uh you know, we've consistently won the popular vote, won it in 16, won it in 20, uh, you know, won it in every year except uh, 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 2004 when when Bush uh, ran for reelection, not, not you know, so we've won the popular vote, like going back eight, nine elections now, uh, it, national elections, presidential elections. The difference though, I think is the margin has become millions of votes. I mean if you go back to the gore you, you know I mean to any of those elections they were yes, we won the popular vote but it was still pretty small. We're now getting to you know 7 million more votes on the other side, you know against the, over the Republicans. It's so, so the same thing. But, you know, we the the fact that most of our senator, you know, the the Democrats in the Senate represent like something amazing like 40 million more more voters than uh, than the Republican Senate, uh, senators do. The, the point of this is that margin is so big now uh, that even in marginal congressional districts in a presidential year, many, many, many more Democrats have voted than Republicans um, in those districts. Well, this is off-year election, it's midterm. Uh, midterm elections is about turnout. We know the names of all those people. We have several million more people who, one, have demonstrated two things. One, they voted for Biden. They're persuadable. In other words, even if they're swing voters, they're persuadable. And two, they voted. They have, they voted two years ago. Or, you know, now, you know, by the time we get to November, they voted two years ago. We know who voted two years ago. We we know where Biden, you know, so it's, it's literally... We have, there's more of us than there is of them. You have the four factors I already talked about where we we have them nominating loonies. We've got good nominees coming. Uh, uh, you know, the redistricting didn't give them the big advantage we thought. And now on top of that, look, there really are. It's not just that there are more of us than there are of them. It's literally we have the data as you know, in your district, we know who we need to start talking to and who to get out. Um, And that's what we, as again, building this pro-democracy coalition, if you, you know, activists, sign up, get involved. We can go after these people. We can pull more people out um, than they can if we start to organize district by district, expand our targets, don't leave any stone unturned and pull out the votes that we know are there uh and yes maybe some are disappointed right now and are you know they they were persuaded to vote for biden but these are persuadable people they did they did in that very polarized election between trump and biden choose biden that means these are people even if some of them have slipped away that we can talk to and we should well,
2: Joe, you made the case, but that's just about all the time we've got this week. I I would make
1: a sixth point that what's critical is that you if you're listening to this, you're somebody who cares, uh, I I think, about our democracy deeply. I keep saying this at the end of every podcast, but I really do mean it. Um, You have something I said to people during the Dean campaign. um, You have the capacity to grow this. And it is about finding one more family member, one more friend, one more coworker, whether it's to listen to that trippy show or to join, um, whether it's Midas Touch or the Lincoln Project or some other group out there or Fair Fight Georgia um, uh, and others. There are plenty of really good groups out there and people who are talking about this. And part of getting others to to, to hear the message is. To pass on uh, uh, podcasts that you enjoy, that that makes sense to you about what's going on out there. So please, if you can, um, do what you can this week uh, to get one more friend, one more family member, uh, one neighbor, and introduce them to the the that trippy show, or like I said, some of the groups out there, or bring them on and get them involved in building this pro democracy coalition. That's what I'm going to. Alex and I are spending the whole 2022 year doing is doing everything we can to help build it. Um, This show is part of that. So thank you all for listening to that trippy show. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, please subscribe to that trippy show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. And please do share this with a friend. You can always send us a question to that trippy show at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. And then, you know, I know I keep saying that. And then every week, Alex doesn't read me a question. So next week, we'll try to do a, a, a maybe get into some questions, um, but we will see you next time. And both Alex and I will try to be sharper. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Everyone.